the Augustin Hosinga Show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Hello there and welcome back to the Agostino Zinger Show, episode number 659. That is the Agostino Zinger Show, episode number 659 with I, your host, Agostino Zinger, and I hope you are doing well wherever this show may find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. How am I? All good, all things considered. I cannot lie. All good, all all things considered i'm right back into the action right back here in front of you as per usual delivering to you some of the best some of the most legendary some of the most epic cultural commentary you have ever heard ever heard ever heard in the past week or so clearly clearly i've been sipping on too much of that black tar right as um, brendan likes to call it there's that black tar there wriggling in my glass as you can hear but yeah big up everybody that's tuning in right now appreciate every single one of you for joining me as per usual every week on this hallowed platform of mine on this hallowed platform of mine so what have i been up to want to give you guys a quick update on my very eventful weekend um some interesting tidbits i'll probably go into layout here that i think some people may be interested in some people may have had some experience in also and so my kind of gripes of nightlife and whatnot that i'm kind of have to get to grips with and kind of you know learn to accept as i traverse this um funky city called london that i'm currently in but before we get ahead of all that stuff let's do a bit of selfless selfish selfless promotion okay so i recently appeared on my guy rodeo britter's podcast called the 2am radio not the but just 2am radio and we had a pretty decent discussion that i think a lot of you guys would probably um wouldn't mind checking out so i'm definitely going to put a link to this in the description when i finish so you can check it out but it's a 2am radio show that we did it's available now on youtube um we talk about a whole number of things and whatnot that you can kind of you know scan through and check out if you're interested to hear my thoughts and some of the things that i talk about on stream and on podcasts and whatnot but i will link that interview on my flipping um description once this podcast is over and you can kind of check it out if you do need to check it out because i think it might be one of my better ones i've done recently to be honest so definitely give it a listen if you haven't already that's 2am radio presents agostino you can check it out i'll put the link in the description but yeah pick up my guy radio bro that's definitely decent to kind of talk to him about the things i've kind of you know been talking about on stream as per usual so if you want to check that out i will have the link in the description so please check it out if you do and give that a listen give that a view i'm not going to play anything because it's a bit cringe to go and play all the stuff of me speaking but hey you should check it out please that'd be greatly appreciated so this past weekend i ended up going to night tales a little 
sort of you know nightclub here in london in the middle of like hackney central underneath some arches that i hadn't been to in a while but i'm meaning to check it out they've got i think two venues they've got night tales they've got night tales loft the actual night tales itself has like three or four rooms it's got like a nice little outside courtyard type of place but again i'd never been there before so this was a perfect opportunity to go because origins who put on some really really good nights were having roy perez and partook playing roy perez being the legendary dj who essentially is a burger kind resident plays a lot in panorama bar and somebody i kind of discovered having played in color factory a few years ago i saw ray Perez play back to back with dr rubenstein and it was legitimately one of the best um sets i've heard in a while and this was back when you know uh, the color factory was called mixed garage i think it's kind of under new ownership now but once it was called mixed garage i kind of went over there and i had an absolute blast i really enjoyed it so ever since then i've kind of always kept my eye on roy perez and whenever he plays in london i try and check him out i've also seen him play in berlin a few you know, once before so you know i'm generally a fan of his and i hadn't heard part of play but on this set they decided to do an impromptu back-to-back which was pretty decent because i think they were meant to play like three to four hours each but instead they ended up going back-to-back which is you know decent for the fans as well because then you get a little bit more of an electrified set that you can kind of get to enjoy but the night was kind of ruined before i even began because i pulled up there right and i have this issue quite often because I'm a pretty big black dude, unfortunately, right? I do my best to try and get myself under a certain weight limit. I'm currently on my Alton Mason Hot Boy Summer, you know, fitness plan where I'm trying to lose as much fat as possible so I can fit into all my nice designer clothes. But usually, you know, more time than not, I'm kind of looking a little bit chunky and a little bit wide. So because of that, when I end up going out and end up wearing what I usually wear, which is always black clothing, it's a black bomber jacket, it's black skinny jeans, it's black Dr. Martin boots, it's a beanie hat, right? Usually when I have that sort of outfit on and I look the way that I do um, physically, for some reason, people always mistaken me for flipping security. And it legitimately is one of the most biggest bummers ever that you're ever going to have when you're going out. It really takes you out of the mood. And today, well, that weekend when I went, I had having a great time on the way there, listening to some music, have had a couple of drinks on a bus, feeling good. And then as I'm kind of pulling up to the flipping venue, um, you know, as I'm walking in, sorry, just before I even paid to go into the flipping venue, which is absolutely annoying. Some random girl was like, oh, can, no, or some guy was like, oh, can my friend come in? My friend's outside. Can I go get my friend or something? I was like, what? Go get a friend. And I realized, oh, they thought I was fucking security. And you know usually i'm not that kind of guy that cares about that sort of stuff but i had it kind of just pissed me off and so i had to reply i ended up kind of replying saying hey i know we all look alike but i'm not security go and talk to the guys over there and kind of walked off in a bit of a huff being a bit upset and angry and then unfortunately it happened again when i came back outside again because the cloakroom is at the front i didn't notice the cloakroom when i went in so i had to come back out again to go to the cloakroom and then when i came back out again another girl was like and some another person the girl was like oh excuse me do you know this i, was like, I don't work here so like, oh. honestly man it's really the scrooge of being who i am and looking the way that i do unless i am a particular size then suddenly no one kind of thinks i look at security because even though i might be six foot and stuff if you're under a certain kind of you know pounds kg or whatnot suddenly you don't look that intimidating you don't look that you could be somebody that's going to wrestle somebody on the floor for not paying the correct amount of fee to come in 
Um, but in my head, I thought I was, you know, safe because I had a pretty, you know, cool looking Rick Owens jacket on. I thought I had some pretty cool jeans on. I had some pretty cool boots on. And I thought I was doing it. I thought I was freaking it. I thought I was lit. And then I go to this club. I pull up there. Everybody mistakes me as from security. That really, really took a lot of the, you know, a lot of the air out of my balloon, unfortunately. <laughs> so I ended up having doing that. But um, I walked into the venue. The venue's pretty decent for what it is it's got a nice little courtyard area that you can kind of sit down in and chill out and have a little bit of an unwind time get some fresh air have a little bit of a sig there's a room on either end and they're kind of underneath arches two rooms there was one room where they were playing what it felt like to be more uh, i don't know what would you say um more like general house music i think for the most part um in a second room and of course in the main room you had roy perez and partook absolutely slaying it and smashing it the only criticism i have of that place is number one they have those things in the toilets those toilet attendees where they have those guys that's trying to sell you perfume and chewing them i don't know what it is about that sort of stuff but it bums me out number one because they're usually always black dudes and then number two it just kind of ruins my vibe it kind of just feels a little bit too central london-ish to have that sort of stuff you know in the middle of hackney central i flip and flip and hate that so that's one i'm not really too fond of when that kind of stuff happens and then because night tales is underneath these arches which is under a bridge it's a bit cold not gonna lie it's kind of like chilly it's not the most warmest um club i've been to but one thing i did like about it was the light show there's really cool little leds all over the top of the of the flipping room that kind of light up i guess in tune with the beats that are playing on the flipping cdjs which is pretty cool but i didn't really feel that much warmth in the room overall it just felt a little bit weird and the only warmth you have feel or what i did feel was when you get to the front of the flipping room where the djs are playing which again i feel like is a weird dynamic i think for usual in, in my opinion anyway i i think the best spaces where djs play are the ones where you don't need to be at the front you can be at the front if you want to go see them, what they're doing, but you don't actually need to be right at the front to kind of enjoy it. I feel like Night Tales, you kind of have to be <clears throat> somewhere around the front to make it make sense. So um, that wasn't the best. But in terms of DJing, in terms of what they were actually doing, um, there's no denying that, you know, Roy Perez and Partook absolutely tore it to pieces. I've got a little clip compilation here that I put together, uploaded on my um, channel. I'm going to quickly play to kind of give you an idea on what the vibes were saying inside and you get an idea on kind of that you know the kind of scale and this you know the size of the space but for the most part i'd say it was probably you know maybe with the two rooms you could it might be a thousand capacity but it was a pretty small space but again with it being under you know train or bridge or railway arches it kind of felt a bit cold kind of felt a bit empty it lacked a bit of warmth in there the sound wasn't the greatest really and truly but for what it was i thought they did a pretty good job and again origins i always trust them because they just put on they, they just know who to book and what combos to kind of put people together with and for the most part i don't think i've ever seen a bad lineup from them so it's not really their fault it's most of the space i wasn't really the biggest fan of but you know i might have to get used to it because oranges do do a few of their nights at flipping night tales so it might be something to kind of get used to but it's just the start of um of, of my experience and i think i arrived at what I think I arrived just before, just after 12, I think, and the night only ended at 3, so it wasn't the longest night ever, but this is kind of a clip to kind of show you what was going on in there. <laughs> Let's get this up a bit, let me see if you can see more definition here. 
One thing that was cool though, because it's Hackney Central and because it's where it was origins, I felt like that venue is kind of like it's a, I won't say it's commercial, but it's like, you know, it usually books a lot of kind of normie-ish type of DJs. And I did think it was quite nice to see the kind of contrast between having a very gay queer crowd who came out to see Roy Pierce and Partook and obviously a more traditional or normal crowd that would go to a place like um, Night Tales for instance I, I did like that kind of blend in between and it did feel like the age ranges were a little bit more dive it was a little bit more varied it wasn't kind of the usual hipsters and whatnot in there there was a really strange couple that i met or one it met that was behind outside um who were you know i guess flirting and on some weird date overheard the guy basically you know being so giddy and happy that that girl was now single and that they met each other again and the girl seemed to be somewhat happy but she just wanted to have some sort of a night out and that was interesting i was thinking like imagine going on a date like people i don't know maybe it's a psychotic to I, I think it's some it's a level of psychosis to take a girl on a date and go to a nightclub especially for like a first date or something it seems a little bit excessive you know it's a bit much to go to a flipping nightclub and if, if anything and it maybe a, a gig would make sense um maybe just a nice cocktail bar that has some good music but to go to an actual nightclub as a first gig is a bit much but you know pick up that guy hopefully he was successful but he was rapping in on in there so it was quite cool to see that contrast i quite like that there's a lot of you know random gay dudes on the dance floor you know sucking each other's faces off and loads of guys and you know trendy looking dudes like solomon's and bucket hats and shit which i quite like that contrast i thought that was quite cool to see My favorite song was this clip over here. There's a clip around here. I don't know what this song is, but there was this tune that I absolutely loved that I kind of recorded on here. I'm going to quickly scan across. Where is it? I think it was just after this, this bit here. This song I flipping love. I don't know what this song is, but this, this is what got me going. I was going crazy when this played. <laughs> the crowd was going crazy enough man people were talking on the dance floor you know pontificating about politics talking about other nonsense i don't think people were going crazy enough for what this beat was i don't know who the hell produces who made this but this sounds insanely good Um, I, had, I had a blast it was pretty decent I'm not going to lie um, would I go back to Night Tales it'll take me a lot to go back to be honest um, obviously Origins put on a decent night anyway and I trust them for programming they always know to book the right people and they always have great lineups in general so if they put on a decent night I'd probably go but it's not my favourite club in London I've got to be honest first time there you know 
that I wasn't that impressed. A bit cold, a little bit drab, um, weird, good and weird crowd. The sound wasn't the greatest. It kind of felt a bit cold, um, lacking in any kind of real personality. And, you know, with it ending at 3 a.m. as well, it's a little bit of a, it feels like a little bit of a robbery. You know, you have to go there really early. You have to go there around 10 because I got this ticket. That was like a free ticket. They sent an email blast around. Maybe they didn't sell enough tickets. I don't know what it was, but they sent an email blast around saying, hey, you can get a free ticket. But the free ticket was only before 10 p.m. You had to get there before 10, which is insane. I didn't even know that. So I got there late of his course and then I had to pay another tenner to get in with that ticket. So, you know, it, you know, whatever it may be. So um, ticket price wasn't that crazy, but I still think to, you know, for a club, to go to a club at 10 p.m. till 3 a.m. is a little bit tight. And because it's in Hackey Central, it's kind of far from everything. It'll take you a while to get back to Flippin' East or my East to go to Fold, which goes at 6. And I think usually last entry is at 4 something or whatever, maybe. So that's a bit of a mission. So you're kind of stranded and you kind of have to... It's one of those weird venues where or locations where you have to decide whether or not you want to stay there until free or you want to leave before free to go somewhere else and bounce because there's no time if you'd sit it until free to go from there to fold and stuff other places so it's a little bit of a risk risky move to go there but overall had a decent time not the greatest club in the world but i thought the programming was really good and i was really enjoyed um roy Pires and partok playing that was definitely one of my um the highlights could definitely go and check out let's a quickly want to mention this news um more news regarding no jumper staff and i don't know i'm a little bit um perturbed by this i think basically people need to maybe take a bit of a chill pill and this is kind of in tying into the title of this podcast i think people need to know how to play their position a little bit and kind of understand that just because everyone else is doing something you should also not want to do it so as most of you know a lot of the no jumper staff have decided to jump ship off the back what happened with you know ad and what happened with lush what happened with the house phone um for varying reasons those guys decided to leave and not come back some of those guys got fired but i think every person's situation was kind of diff- different and very specific so i don't think anybody else in the company should be taking their kind of decision making you know whether or not they should stay at no jumper based on what those guys are doing of course with the exception of like tiro and duno and those guys who clearly came to no jumper because of ad to do at the end of the day maybe they did owe ad some loyalty in that regard and it was quite cool that they kind of stuck with him uh, once he decided to leave they all kind of bounced also but i think everyone else connected to no jumper should have probably been a little bit more um you know strategic in their next moves and not decided to kind of get hasty and jump the gun and i think a little bit has happened here so this is trev i've got here on the screen who is one of the producers and directors and kind of behind the scenes guys over there at no jumper and now he has decided to leave no jumper and kind of concentrate on his own podcast that he has going on and also just his own sort of content that he's kind of wants to do forward and whatever else he's got in the works and i personally don't think this was the right decision to make because i don't th- again i'm no one to judge because i'm a very small content creator myself and what i'm doing but i just don't think he's the guy to kind of be his own guy in that regard Uh, or i think what he should have done is maybe stay a bit longer and use that kind of um use that sort of uh use that use that kind of rub from no jumper to help him with his own channel i don't think you need to just jump ship you could have easily kind of parlayed that or even if you wanted to you could have maybe even spoken to adam and josh and kind of worked out um to try and figure out if you could get flipping um what should we call it 
if he could get his own show on No Jumper. That would have been pretty decent also. But he didn't want to do that, so he kind of decided to leave. So this is Trev, um, former of No Jumper, explaining why he did live No Jumper. And I'm going to just, you know, um, add on to the end of it why I think it might be a wrong decision. Well, yeah, man, like going into this pod, I had a lot of anxiety for some reason just because I didn't know how to handle it or talk about this. Um, But pretty much I've decided to leave No Jumper. Wow. And work as an independent creator. Wow. Round of applause for that. Uh, I think it's a, ra- it's a round of applause. It is a round of applause. It's yeah. a thing to celebrate. Like, but, cool, but we could boo you as the homie. For sure. <laughs> boo. L's in the chat. L's in the chat for sure. It's, it was just like a... It was, a, it was just like a a time timing thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and I spoke with Adam and Josh, and I have their blessings, and, you know, it's the bridge is not burnt. I'm not going mm-hmm. out bitter. Yeah. I'm still open to working in the future like none of the doors have closed mm-hmm. uh, so they understood i feel like i have their support and i'm ready to just keep doing what i've been doing i got the podcast going the interviews this like it's gonna be it's gonna be hard you had a graceful exit though exactly like and you didn't burn the shit down you didn't go out with a bang type yeah. standing on the desk pissing everywhere <laughs> let it bang for me yeah because <laughs> I mean, just how everyone's kind of going out. They kind of ha- are going out on the wrong note. Yeah. And that's not even maybe their fault. Well, it's I mean, just how it shit played out. Yeah. But for me, and I know kind of the optics of it, of the timing and everything, kind of looks like, oh, maybe I don't fuck with them no more. Or I'm, I'm choosing sides or anything like, or something like that. But the fact of the matter is, it's just, I've been there for three years, you know, done a lot of dope shit with them. Yeah. And... This shit came out of my control, and sometimes you just gotta deal with the cards you're dealt, and they understand that, and that's why. And you, you had the, you had the conversation with the people that brought you in too, like it was all. Yeah, I mean, Jason was there, Adam. Yeah, like, it was literally the the people that. I don't know. You started with for yeah. sure, and it's like this shit wasn't even an easy decision. At all. It's definitely it was definitely weighing on nights. Me. No, they weren't that sleepless, but <laughs> waking up tossing and turning, well, waking up in a cold sweat. <laughs> I will tell you, I did stay up late though, like while all this shit was happening. Like I couldn't go to sleep, but once nah, I was, I was asleep, feeling the same shit, bro. I feel like it was just crumbling because yeah. there was a lot of shit ju- that was just kind of unknown. The narratives, but yeah. but yeah, man. So Friday was my last day. See, that's the thing that I'm kind of sad about, too. I'm just like, I didn't even know that our last, like, cubicle sesh was our last one, you know? Yeah, yeah literally when you more. left, it was like, I'll see y'all next week. Yeah. yeah. Like, had I known that was going to be the last one, I would have been on bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you get, you get the gist of what they're talking about. Now, personally, I just think a lot of these guys are being a little bit too hasty. And I understand why, because it's kind of at like the prime opportunity to kind of jump ship because Adam's going through what he's going through and a jumper's going through what he's going through. And considering all the eyes that are kind of on them with the drama, it probably is a good time to sort of like segue into doing your own thing. But a part of me thinks some of these guys, especially some of these peripheral figures or background characters like Trev, could have maybe benefited from doing both things at the same time and really kind of pushing themselves to the forefront because what you'd imagine 
is that with big personalities like T-Row away, AD not there, Duno not there, Household not there, Blasey not there, there's space now for guys like Trev to kind of step into the limelight and maybe take some of those eyes and ears and attention and kind of focus it on what he's doing and turn it to the his own platform so basically do what T-Rail and AD were doing when they were not at no jumper and kind of building up their own platforms that could have been a great way to kind of go about things and sort of let it pop there I think the decision just to jump it kind of felt easier now to do it because everyone's doing it. I know he said he didn't do it because of that but clearly he felt a little bit more courageous and had a little bit more you know, um, wanting to do it because everyone else was kind of doing it at the same time. It makes complete sense. I just feel like it's a bit hasty. And if you're being really critical, really hyper, hyper, super hyper critical, I don't know. Does he really have it to kind of be the guy to do his own thing going forward? I don't really know. I don't really check out his podcast or watch it. I know some people enjoy the interviews and whatnot. And maybe he speaks to a certain demographic, but I don't know. It just feels like a lot of these guys, um, you know, in LA and whatnot, have a really weird time or hard ability to know how to play their position because some of them maybe aren't destined to be like the main guy. They, they all kind of think they're all, they all think they're Adam 22, basically. Everyone kind of wants to be Adam 22 and no one wants to be like Adam 21 <laughs> or Adam 16, right? No homo or no pedo. But you know what I mean? Like no one wants to be like the, no one wants to be just like a star employee. They all want to be like the mogul. They all want to be like the network head and all that malarkey. And I don't think it's what it, I don't think it's as amazing as it's what it's, as what they're thinking it is to be the actual boss that's running things. Cause that's essentially what Adam's kind of figuring out. He's figuring out in real time that actually being the boss and managing people is a lot harder than he actually anticipated would be and a lot stressful. And especially for someone like Adam who doesn't have the greatest personality in the world anyway not the warmest guy not the easiest guy to get along with or like add that to being a boss it could be a little bit hard to kind of work that and make that work and whatnot so i feel like these guys are going to be in for a rude awakening once they step out out there into the you know um when it's a step out there on their own but then again you can't begrudge somebody for at least going to try that's something that you could definitely say hey at least he's trying and he's going to do his thing but i just feel like there could have been a more strategic and a more sensible way to kind of go about doing things personally for me maybe i'm mistaken maybe i don't know what i'm talking about but i think he could have gone about it in a better way but hey regardless this is what they're doing this is what they're kind of going forward so let's see how it kind of shakes out but again it is a really sad indictment on flipping adam 22 that you know even he's flipping you know behind the scenes guys producers directors editors even those guys are leaving that 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 tells you everything about the working conditions you know over there no jumper that even guys behind the scenes who can definitely you'd think be able to put up with more of that stuff because they're not you know dealing with the tyrant side of adam are deciding to leave also because you know there's ample opportunity to do so so it's a very very interesting situation overall so moving on from that let's talk about this because this has been all over the timeline and i think this is a pretty cool thing that elon's doing so elon musk has declared a war basically on verifications on twitter and he's decided on all days on april 4th which again he's got a thing for dates and timing and whatnot he's going to kill all legacy blue check marks what does that mean so anybody that got a verified um blue tick on twitter um before elon took over 
and usually those were handed over to people who were notable people celebrity people that were in the news to sort of differentiate them between you know regular guys or gals who were trying to impersonate them all those legacy accounts will be completely nuked and if you want to verify to tick next to your name you're gonna have to by basically purchase twitter blue there'll be no more legacy um, ticks at all going forward and i personally think this is a good thing because for whatever reason i feel that like twitter's um blue check mark was like a weird flexing i'm better than you type of thing which is odd because i don't think you get on any other platform even a platform like instagram i don't think instagram it feels like somebody's got a blue check mark that they kind of flex it on you and like they're better it's usually just you know reserved for notable people or people that have been in the news or whatnot to differentiate them between again trial accounts but it's not actually used as like i'm better than you do something so i think a lot of the journalists out there who are using a Twitter blue check mark um, to kind of flex on people are going to be crying. A lot of the celebrities that use the check mark again as validation are also going to be crying. So it's going to be funny to see how it kind of plays out. So it's courtesy of TechCrunch. It says Twitter has picked April Fool's Day, otherwise known as April 1st, to start removing the legacy blue check mark from accounts um, that had them on the platform. Despite the significance of the day Twitter has chosen, a move has been anticipated for months now. Months uh, must tweeted in December that the company would remove those checks in a few months because it, that way, which no, the way that which they were given that was corrupt and nonsensical. Um, because yeah there was a report of, i think elon basically re revealed that some people were paying for them some of them were giving out to friends especially if they were like politically and ideologically kind of aligned and whatnot so it kind of got a little bit murky so now it's kind of clearing the decks and obviously increasing the amounts of people that are also going to be subscribing to twitter blue which may be helping which could in the end help you know um, twitter to make more money and maybe rise in valuation you never know so it goes since then people with legacy blue check marks have been seeing a pop-up when they click on a check mark that reads this legacy verified account it may or may not be notable on april 1st we'll begin to winding down legacy verified to keep a blue check mark twitter individuals can sign up for twitter blue here uh, before musk acquired twitter, uh, the company twitter used check marks to verify individuals and entities in as an active and authentic and notable accounts of interest verified check marks were doled out for free um, today twitter users can purchase a blue check mark through the twitter blue subscription for eight dollars per month ios android user signups will cost eleven dollars per month due to app store cost um, but there are also other check mark colors and badges available for purchase to denote whether an account belongs to a business a government for example twitter says the purchase of a check mark users gives users access to subscriber only features like fewer ads on their timeline prioritize ranking and conversations bookmark folders and ability to craft long tweets edit tweets and undo tweets the news comes just on the hours of twitter's maybe description available globally so this is definitely a thing that's going to be popping and people are going to be upset about and then of course you've got um another update again regarding this which it says elon musk's twitter for you page will only be recommended verified accounts because you know the, the page is basically split up um on your timeline and this is courtesy of flipping the verge it says twitter users will need a verified account to get recommended platforms for you page um, starting on april 15th i'm um, giving out twitter promise to start the dismantling the legacy verify system at the beginning of april that appears to mean that you will have to have a uh, 
you have to be a company, government entity, or Twitter blue subscriber if you want to pop into the feed of people you don't follow. You must clarify on Tuesday that accounts you already follow will show up in the for you too, since you've explicitly asked for them. Um, must claims a move is the only realistic way to address advanced AI bot swarms taking over. Verified users also going to become only accounts that can vote in polls for the same reason Musk says, which is pretty crazy. If you want to take part in the poll, you have to buy a badge, you have to buy a tick. Hilarious. Um, it's worth um, taking this announcement with a grain of salt, as Musk tweets aren't usually turned into enforced policy or features. Perhaps the biggest example of the promise in February that the company was going to start sharing ad revenue with subscribers. Um, that's still MIA almost two months later, the same month. That, okay, cool. Basically, you know, the verge are hating, but essentially we're going to see that kind of doled out. And I personally don't think it's a bad thing. I'm all for Twitter subscription and paying for verified checks and stuff if you want them. I think those features should be opened up to more people to check out. Like, for instance, once Instagram introduces flipping paid for verification i'm gonna get it simply because i want to be able to share my links via instagram stories that's anything i really use i don't really post on my main feed that often but i would like to be able to share a link to something i'm making something i've checked out that's cool and be able to just share it via the instagram stories with a link but at the moment that's only that's only um for people that have verified tick or that have over ten thousand followers you get that feature opened up but if twitter could or if twitter or instagram typically could open up other features and let you kind of use them if you bought verified i'd definitely sign up for it it definitely make that kind of stuff worthwhile as a sort of like um content management or sharing sort of tool in that regard but i guess for regular people who don't give a crap about content and just want to enjoy what they see on social media i'm gonna be honest it's probably gonna be annoying um because you know what's gonna happen down the line is that they're gonna throttle the service for people that don't have verified um accounts they're gonna remove some things that people enjoy to basically put you in a corner where you basically have no other option but to be verified that's what they basically want they want to turn the entire internet into a place where you know most people are verified um you know identity and whatnot so that you know you can take away all the bots and all the ai and whatnot coming in and destroying things but let's see how that plays out i'm not really too bothered about it personally and i do think it's good to see some of these legacy um blue checkmark people who kind of had life very very sweet um kind of you know basically throw their toys out of pram and get annoyed at this because i feel like in general they all needed to kind of be put i think in their place a little bit in my opinion i think so i think so i think so i think so but again what do i know what do i know so We've got an update here, courtesy of New York Times, regarding my favorite tyrannical art boss, a guy that is looking like he might be running a little bit of a satanic cult um, over there in New York by designing some of the coolest sneakers in the world and also designing some of the coolest pieces of art in the world. And of course, you know that guy to be Tom Sachs. Tom Sachs has another article here, courtesy of New York Times, where they're trying to dive deep into his practice, into um, his methodology, into his mindset um, regarding the recent attacks or the recent expose about him and his studio and how he allegedly treats his staff members, treats his studio assistants and just treats people in general um, that work in and around him. And, you know, he doesn't sound like the greatest guy on paper, but again, if that means you have to kind of, you know, 
put up with him being an absolute dick to you in the workplace and you end up getting a pair of Mars yards, I'm all for it. I'll sign me up for that, mate. Sign me up for a bit of abuse. Sign me up for this little short king to shout in my face so that I can get those rubberized flipping Mars yards with a rubberized toe. I'm all for it. I really am. But this article's courtesy of the New York Times. It says, who is the bad art boss? And it features, you know, our short king there bent over somewhere in the field wearing the to the nike the tom Sachs nike craft mars yard sorry the gps's the general purpose shoe a really good shoe that i haven't copped at the moment but i definitely will in the future so the article follows tom Sachs, the downtown artist who's recently come to uh, broader public attention over accusations of a um, epically mistreating his studio assistants first emerges as a creature of the interest in five rolling midcott new york in 1994 when he built a crash for barney's uh, christmas windows and cast hello kitty in the role of jesus outraged catholic groups placed hundreds of calls to the store and display was quickly removed still it was a time when a a calculatedly um, offensive expression a tasteless gesture did not signal the midnight of a career so much so as the bright early morning um, by the 1990s new york was no longer the center of the art world and the influence of the critics was long past a period of a decline galleries and curators who affinities had once been entwined with the preoccupations of the totemic intellectuals now found themselves increasingly under the spell of the fashion world's mercurial vision the era of the clement greenberg who had his famously championed ashbrack's expressionism for his resistance of the invasion of converse was once over was long over sorry succeeded in a new age that brought a rapturous enthusiasm specifically to these intrusions of the market in this environment tom Sachs found the trend of chasing audience with his cheeky banalities sculptures of fast food meals wrapped in hermit packaging a toilet made out of prada shoe boxes and a homemade gun with a tiffany logo for a 2002 group show about the art and narcissism at the jewish museum tom Sachs built and described a pop-up concentration camp forged out of a prada hat box crazy um then the writer deborah solomon asked him in an interview in the new york Times magazine what any of this could possibly have to do with hitler mr tax responded that fashion was like fascism because it was about the loss of identity fashion he went on is good when it when it helps people when it helps you look sexy but it's bad when it makes you feel stupid or fat suggesting that the coercion of the harper's bazaar existed on some continuum of the gestapos you know what i'm actually confused about I'm actually kind of curious. Why hasn't Tom Sachs ever worked with Kanye? They would be a pretty good combo. Maybe they're just too similar in their personalities, and they probably get they probably get on each other's nerves. But I'm surprised that they haven't worked together beforehand because I think a lot of their kind of outlook on life and clearly their ego would definitely kind of align. Um, the notion that Sachs was critiquing the vulgarities of uh, the luxury consumerism, however mindlessly, was just pretense. His own and one passed along by his ob ob obsequious fashion press. But the joke was always on us. He was finding his way into the firmament, uh, moving pop art away from its origins as a means of cultural comment towards a newer language of collusion, a descendant of, of Warhol's a descendant of Warhol's Heath, we imagined that Warhol had held the ambition of an actual work of, of, of the ambition to actually work for the Campbell Soup Company. In 2006, the Foundation Prada Gallery Space in Milan held a Tom Sachs exhibition. Six years later, in 2012, um, he began to ongoing collaboration with Nike to make sneakers a relationship that has now been jeopardized. 
that never jeopardize. A, man, a man's hypocrisies never drives in a single lane. The trouble for Sachs began early this month when a curved investigation outlined allegations of misconduct by more than a dozen former employees. They all described a workplace characterized by fear and humiliation. And for a while, Sachs was made a big art that requires many hands, spaceship replicas and so on. And this management style has made, such, has made as much as a fetish of process as the work itself. Um, again, you see here some poison gas canisters and Chanel and Hermes and Tiffany wrapped. I kind of like these are really cool. 13 years ago, he released a short film called 10 Bullets, meant to serve as an employee guidebook instructing staff on the many exacting rules, keeping fit, answering orders with the words I understand or I don't understand, which has a satirical charm until you realize that the sentiment behind all this is largely serious. In the curved article, former workers alleged that Miss Sachs made sexist comments about women's bodies, lost his temper, kept vintage porn on the walls, threw things, and called people autistic and R worded, and made the assistants tend to demand demeaning personal attacks this sounds like a standard art studio this sounds like a standard design studio a standard studio you know anywhere you've been really and truly he doesn't sound any different than anyone else i've heard in this position who kind of holds some position in culture as well he highly regarded they usually operate their studios in this kind of way for whatever reason maybe because they can get away with it maybe because they can't sleep down but this doesn't sound too crazy even though it sounds crazy it doesn't sound too this it doesn't sound too unfamiliar to me that's a better word to say it continues said a week or so later more allegations surfaced in the piece by Artnet News among them from a former assistant who said she had to pick up clothes from Chanel from Mr. Sachs's wife Sarah Hoover whose Instagram page is a showcase of her life in Chanel and prepare meals for her French bulldog consisting of wild rabbit spinach aloe water and coconut oil yo they feed their French bulldog wild rabbit spinach aloe water and coconut oil fucking hell that is crazy mate in response to that assertion a studio spokesman um told artnet that assistants were in fact dispatched to make napoleon's uh veterinarian prescribed uh, meals neva the dog's called napoleon <laughs> neither did the studio deny that tissax um, once appeared in a zoom call with nike in his underwear it did clarify that changing clothes was a feature of the weekly virtual fittings so he, he he turned up to a Nike meeting in his underwear and still kept his deal. That's how you know you're a big dog. That's probably him flexing. That's probably him doing what Kanye did. Remember that video of Kanye showing the IDS executives porn on his phone? That was him basically, you know, basically dunking on them and saying, hey, this is how important I am. I can stand here in this meeting, show you hardcore porn of some woman that's got a German accent and you guys can't do nothing about it. Like, you know, that's probably his version, I'd imagine. In a public statement made after the accusation surfaced, Nike said that it was deeply concerned uh, about the various serious allegations. <laughs> I love that phrase. That means nothing. That means Tom Sachs is a big dog. His stuff sells out. It resells for crazy amounts. It's good marketing. We don't want to cut him off and send him to Adidas or Puma. We want to keep him. So we're going to act like we're concerned. Act like we're going to do something. We're not going to do anything. Deeply concerned by very serious allegations doesn't mean anything. 
lot of words that mean something. Anyway, it continues. Around Sachs, um, that the company had was in contact with Tom and his studio, seeking to better understand the situation and how these issues have been addressed. This sounds like what Kim said when Blanchard got cancelled for the BDSM bears. Anyway, it continues. On Tuesday, Mr. Sachs sought to confront what had happened, sending a letter to his staff. Although he said that he had never tried to make anyone uncomfortable, he acknowledged that he could be impulsive and even aggressive. And he was um, demanding boss who always expects the absolute best, but that the recent representation of him in the media did not portray the totality of his long career, which I agree with. He's definitely a cunt, but definitely a cunt in in small doses. I don't think he's a cunt all the time. Um, but it's just funny that he's kind of arguing that point, really, to be fair. Some allegations were false or misleading, he wrote, and while he did not follow up with any detail about what exactly was false or misleading, he said that he sincerely regretted having referred to a particular room in the studio housing an air compressor as a rape room. <laughs> he was working to improve himself and he had the midst of formalizing human resource policies um, ignoring perhaps that the ostensibly regimented corporation of the studio was what caused so much of the conflict in the first place. It's also funny, he gets accused of being a bit of a tyrant at the workplace and then he decides to rewrite the human policy, the human resources uh, policies, the HR stuff. Imagine that. That's what he decides to do. No, I'm going to rewrite it. Funny. For the recent show, um, that the, so for all the recent show that the art and fashion world has made of their progressive politics, their efforts to make to market their alignment with the inclusivity clauses, they remain tied to the caricatures of the um in temperature sorry in temp intemperate 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 I never heard that word. What's what's intemperate mean? Uh, this person's using some mad word intemperate intemperate. I never heard that intemperate genius what's intemperate mean come on load up come on computer show me what intemperate means i want to find out what this means help me with english help me guide me guide me with english words what does intemperate mean or that's just search on google intemperate come on son intemperate adjective having or showing a lack of self-control immoderate okay intemperate outbursts concerning global cons conspiracies okay cool that sounds like Alex Jones. A brilliant artist reads beneath the culture, um, identifying um, the undercurrents the rest of us cannot easily recognize. What should make one of who has managed to miss these as happening um, right on top who would build blind to the tidal wave of the shifting social norms stories like this are typically prompt a circular conversation about how to ought to think about a great art and bad men here the questions seem to be a lot simpler miss Sachs, mr Sachs, sorry ended the letter to his team by saying that he remained devoted to innovation and radical ideas was he ever so we don't really get a sorry from him he didn't really really acknowledge any of his ills and whatnot which i kind of like i think if you're going to be a cunt you might as well just double down on it and just kind of ride it until the wheels fall off so i'm not really too you know annoyed by that and to be fair to him looking at the guy i never expect him to be anything but what he's being described at just looking at a dude right a short king like him um with the with the art and design world in his hands i didn't expect him to be anything but what people have described him to be um you know in the working environment so it really isn't a surprise in that regard but i wish you to see how these brands react to him because you know clearly they're not gonna do nothing clearly the shoes are still gonna come out and we're all gonna be clamoring for them as i will be and i know i will be clamoring for them i know i will be clamoring for them no word of a lie so moving on from that one i quickly wanted to touch upon this because i thought this was flipping the greatest thing ever so supreme have announced supreme have announced 
their brand new undercover and supreme collection and i have to be honest it looks absolutely fire this might be one of my favorites so far there's a long lasting collaboration and relationship between undercover and supreme they've done some great collections in the past that people have loved i still kind of you know i'm fantasizing about those bondage pants from a few years ago that came out that were done really well but i feel like this might be the hardest thing i've seen in a while our hardest thing I've seen in the world. So it's Culture Supreme. It says Supreme has worked with Undercover on a new collection for spring 2023. The new collection consists of a trench puffer coat jacket, puffer jackets, BDU jackets, track jacket, SS shirt, um, two hooded sweatshirt, layered jeans, six panel hats, and more. And will be available on March 30th. And then in Japan will be available on April 1st. And why do I say it's the hardest? Because of the first image. This first image might be one of the hardest things I've seen from Undercover and Supreme in a while. So the first image, what you've got here is this amazing, this amazing, almost sensational teal looking puffer jacket with um, leather sleeves, the studs on the top and near the cuff that looks absolutely beautiful. But another thing that's really the piece de resistance are these pants that have these um flannel shirt type of effect around the waistband and you think that's an actual shirt like a styling tip it's not what it actually is, is like a flannel shirt that's got a zip that you tie around your waist so it kind of looks like a it looks like a shirt wrapping around your legs but it's actually like another bit of a layer like kind of basically a belt in a way which is pretty cool but I love that puffer jacket. That puffer jacket is so fucking hard. I'm a sucker for a good puffer jacket or just a jacket in, in general with a good sleeve in it. And you can see a bit of the pants here, what I, what I described earlier on. You can see a bit of it here um, in this picture with the jeans. So you've got a picture of the, the shirt here with the jeans and you've got the zips that run across here so you can kind of um, strap or kind of zip up your shirt around your waist. I think that looks absolutely special. I flipping love these, honestly. That puffer jacket with the black sleeves looks absolutely incredible. I love the loose-fitting nature of these jeans, right? It's giving 90s. It's giving early 2000s. I love this nondescript Arabic flipping front on the crotch here. Very, very, Jap very Japanese, right? Um, just converting words um, from English and putting them in flipping, you know, Arabic flipping script and having them in the crutch area is definitely on brand. I'm loving this over trench coat that they have here. So essentially, you've got this trench coat that has a um, detachable puffer jacket on the inside lining with a hood on it which is pretty cool. You don't really see that too often. A trench jacket with a um, detachable puffer jacket that also has a hood. I think that looks pretty cool. And of course, the tracksuit here with this brain logo with the bones sticking out of it, which I think is really a bit of a win. And you've got the same sort of like, you know, um, Arabic lettering here on the back also. Um, again, the pictures are awesome because it looks like with the pictures, it looks like they're taking, they've taken regular lookbook pictures of the items, but then they've also decided to screen print or maybe take a phone and take a picture of the lookbook pictures from their phone and upload it so i quite like that effect but one of my favorite pieces of this is this camo print this camo print looks so fucking hard like this is diff this is definitely giving Capone Noriega. This is definitely giving Cameron and Dipset early 2000 vibes. You've got this nice sand colorway in camo, desert sand. You've got this nice black sort of colorway also going on there. And you've got this nice hit with Undercover Supreme here towards the back. 
and again the fit looks really good nice and relaxed nothing too tight nothing too crazy you've got again the same jacket he's got the same tracksuit pant sort of like pattern style there with the brain logo i love this paneled long sleeve this is absolutely beautiful with this nice barbed wire um design here on the middle i really like that and then on the sleeves or this long sleeve you've got anti-u anti-war i'm not too sure if this is commentary or what's happening over there in ukraine and russia but i love it and again you've got this kind of detachable belt flannel thing going on there as well which i love and i think will be really popular with a lot of people but it was absolutely brilliant you've got some nice tartan shirt there a nice flipping um spray it was actually like a speech bubble spray top as well that looks pretty cool that tartan is really nice which i've seen i think they've used that print that exact print in a couple of shirts before supreme anyway that kind of level of tartan with the red and the yellow and the black and stuff because there's a bit of, looks like yellow maybe that line is yellow i'm not too sure but i'm sure they've used that time before because i'm sure i had a shirt from supreme from like 2015 that's a long sleeve that had the exactly same tartan i'm pretty sure um but anyway we continue more nice tracksuits um a nice t-shirt here that says sup with a decent little um illustration in the back or artwork i'm not really sure what that is we've got another hooded top here also that says anti you um which is nice also we've got a bunny there with the middle finger kind of pursed up and then we've got this hat as well with the studded buttons on it on the top of the spikes but yeah the stuff's awesome you've got this nice puppet um t-shirt here puppet master i'm a big fan of that it kind of looks a little bit like cowboy b-pop this logo it's giving cowboy beat pop a little bit there but yeah love everything about it it looks really really cool and again these little bags this little satchel thing is a really cool look as well the style looks amazing but yeah this puffer jacket piece is definitely going to be a standout and definitely i think anticipated being very popular when it does eventually drop it comes in all black and then you've got this nice teal colorway with this sort of brown effect sleeve I'm not too sure what colorway is the best i think they're both equally as hard but these are really nice and then um you've got this trench coat that i mentioned earlier with the detachable um puffer jacket hood type of thing as well that looks really nice then you've got the jeans that i mentioned before with the detachable um tartan flannel belt thing that goes around you which i think it looks a really really clever idea to have it sort of zipping around there and to make it look like you've got your flannel wrapped around you you know kirk cobain style but actually it's zipped on your pants and there's a nice undercover supreme hit at the back here 2023 anti-war so definitely wear these when you get invited to the flipping kremlin to see putin in it definitely wear those you've got different colors of the pants it comes in black like denim and chino colorway i like those maybe you can interchange a shirt if you wanted to then you've got the camo the studded bdu oh it's a studded bdu jacket where's the studs there's meant to be studs on this where is it i don't see the studs where's the studs on here oh studs all over the front wow i love this that looks really cool i didn't actually even see the studs they're all over the front of the jacket this might be in there being bucks but this is really 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 nice i love this this looks super 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 cool i'm a big fan of all of this the pants look really nice as well nice little fit on them and shape and uh, again more so with the other kind of camo pants you got the nice what is this called it's a track jacket with the brain and the cross and the sort of bones logo they look pretty nice also with the track pants there again we continue more track pants the flannel shirt which looks obviously awesome um in different colors and then this is one of my favorite pieces actually this um moto jersey i love the paneling on this 
especially on the sleeve here you've got this really nice Wrangland sleeve design and then it kind of cuts away here and it looks like there's two different materials maybe there's a bit of mesh there a bit of mesh underneath this you know the armpit so you can sweat and work out more and you've got this nice little phrase here anti you anti-war we love that we love that we love that solidarity with my ukrainian brothers and sisters i guess maybe who knows but yeah we continue on there nice little bits and pieces i'm not really fond of some of the sweat pieces the anti you with the middle fingers a little bit too um a little bit too infantile for me to be wearing around because i remember i used to love that i used to love um wearing supreme stuff that said the fu all over it and whatnot but now you know when you're a little bit older it's a little bit kind of it's a little bit um kind of cringe to flip in be wearing that stuff i like the soup as well um logo that looks pretty decent and nice tee design again that um you know that puppet master t-shirt design looks cool the studded hat not really for me unfortunately that's not gonna be too small to kind of fit my gigantic head um but this belt waist bag is fucking amazing this is definitely the great place to take great bag to take to a rave you can have different stuff in there right you can have some dmt have some cat have some coke have some pills have some mushrooms have some lsd right you can put them all in a little different satchel if you go in and you know depending on if the security searches each bag you can decide what you end up taking in there it could be a bit of a pick and mix in terms of what you take to a nightclub and again we've got a nice little rug and to you with a middle finger on them also which is a little bit excessive to have you know some middle finger rug in the middle of your flipping house but hey what can you do big fan of this in general coming out on the 30th um so if you are um, you know, eager to get a bit of undercover and supreme, check out the website on the 30th. I think a lot of that will be available to purchase when it does drop, when it does end up dropping. So next on this, we've got this talking about supreme. Um, this has gone kind of viral on my side of the internet. Somebody leaked a supposed cancelled so far. It's rumored cancelled, but it's probably will end up getting pushed out and released sometime soon but it looks like balenciaga were en route to be collaborating with supreme and most likely would have got dropped around this time so there was a plan in place to have balenciaga collaborate with supreme but obviously balenciaga went and shit the bed and started promoting those bdsm bears with literal children everyone kind of threw a bit of a hissy fit and started labeling them as a flipping you know reincarnation of satan himself and balenciaga got cancelled for a few months there to kind of shelve it but this is the supposed leaked images of some of the stuff that they were kind of working on. And from what I've read online, it's not cancelled. It probably is still in the works. It probably is still kind of due to be released sometime soon. But they probably wanted all the, you know, attention to kind of die down before they brought it back up again. But from what we see so far, it's kind of relating back to the mud show thing they had with Kanye. That show that Kanye walked, that was a mud show. So there's a lot of kind of stained tops and whatnot. But I do love the long sleeve with supreme on the box logo um you've got some nice bags here some nice chinos you've got these crazy really long boots but just imagine you know the most i think you know probably the most like legit streetwear brand of all time or skateboarding brand in terms of supreme linking up with you know real agents of chaos when it comes to demno and what he's doing over there at balenciaga just a general fashion crowd it's definitely an unexpected collaboration i could say that but i do like it um you've got some nice uh you got what you what i would call like a really nice parker because i feel like demon doesn't get a lot of credit for his parkers i think the parkers look really really amazing especially this black one here on the left and it's cinched in and you've got these crazy excessive boots again and then you've got this which i think is really amazing piece here you've got an ma1 that's made out of leather 
you know that i love this i love this ma1 that's made out of leather uh, completely leather ma1 which is absolutely beautiful it looks like the inside of the lining has also been made in leather and then what they've done here which i like is that they've turned the shopping bags into essentially you know the designer luxury bags that they have they have those kind of trash bags that they do and if you know anything about supreme you know a lot of people especially back in the day i'm not sure if it's the same thing now but i remember when i used to purchase it or when i used to first get supreme in the early 2000s the bags were really kind of covetable people would legitimately sell the bags on ebay for like $30, $50 and shit, which is absolutely incredible. Like an actual carrier bag will be sold on eBay. Um, so it's pretty little clever spin that this Blanchard and Supreme collaboration, they turn these plastic bags into their own little things. So I'm assuming from what they've done previously, Blanchard have a, they have their own bag that's like a trash bag. It looks like a trash bag, but it's made out of leather. It wouldn't surprise me if this was actually made out of leather. So it looks plastic. Um, this Supreme bag, like a white bag with a Supreme box logo, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was actually made out of leather. Um, the sweatpants I like as well because, you know, they don't have any elastic at the bottom. The jeans are not too fond of here. Um, you've got a nice flannel jacket. You've got a backpack that they put together. And then you've got another top here with a box logo that says Balenciaga on it, which I love in the same, you know, Supreme font that you know and love also. Same with the hat. And again, you got the bag, you got the slippers, which are, which will definitely do numbers when they come out. You can see that happening. Again, that leather bag there, good jeans. Uh, you've got a Supreme New York Yankees bomber jacket, which looks really cool. And then the final pieces, which I think look really amazing, are these. Because these remind me of like that Cameron. These remind me a lot of Cameron and Dipset. You've got this really nice black and white camo. Um, you've got a piece, top and bottom suit. Um, with the supreme badge here the top that looks flipping incredible um the combat looks great look at the shape of those pants so so good the front pocket placement is absolutely amazing i loved how they've been kind of asian ripped up a little bit and you've got the addition of these glasses also that i'm actually a big fan of so it kind of you know a lot of kind of balenciaga greatest hits mixed with the stuff that you know and love from supreme you got another box logo here that's been kind of exaggerated and blown up a little bit but I think this collaboration will definitely do numbers when it comes out. So, so far it's kind of cancelled um, from what I've been reading online. But I have a feeling, um, judging by the reception, myself included, you know, the fanboys out there, um, they're going to see all the hype and the acceptance and people basically moved on for the BDSM thing. And they're going to probably end up putting these back out again eventually. I think so. But I do like these. I think they look flipping incredible. I'm a big fan of this whole collection overall. And I would wear this in a heartbeat, especially this outfit here. This is definitely my favorite. This kind of, you know, camo, uh, snow camo, gray, black and white, whatever camo this is. I absolutely love it. Really, really do like that. I think it looks absolutely incredible. And um, this Parker jacket also here on the left-hand side really, really piques my interest. And, of course, the sunglasses as well that they've added on there look really, really incredible. And I'm sure people would love this because this reminds me a little bit of that Lueve jacket that everyone's going crazy for at the moment. That puffer jacket piece everyone's kind of wearing um, you know, out there. But, yeah, these look really cool. Can I sort of flip? And hopefully um, Demna is about is basically... It's basically, um, you know, able to come back and do this again because I think when this drops, this will do numbers and people will be definitely up for it. So I'm up for it. I'm up for it for sure. Um, next to quickly mention here as a little insight. I'm surprised these again because I think I, I have a feeling in general one of the one of my sort of like weird pet peeves is that I feel like a lot of kind of people online, especially guys that are into like sneakers and shit. 
I feel like there's a lot of kind of me too, follow the leader, leader, leader vibes going on. No one really has their own mind. No one really kind of thinks with their own feet or with their own brain when it comes to the shoes and stuff they're into. They just kind of follow and buy into the hype. And one of the reasons why I say that is because I really do think these conversations from Stussy, although they're really simple and not that crazy and rah-rah, I legitimately think these are some of the best conversations that come out in a while and they're really subtly and really expertly done. So essentially, these are the converses they come in two colorways you've got this nice sort of like what is it called like a sand creamy kind of colorway and you've got like a navy colorway classic kind of you know um converse um 70s that you're kind of used to but one of the things i love about these pairs can specifically the sandy cream colorway is the addition of these really nice pearl logo on the side of the shoes the kind of classic stussy double s's facing back to back i think it looks really nice especially when you kind of flip the laces and kind of have them you know dark and whatnot and i was never really the biggest converse dude but ever since i bought the flipping denim tears converses a while back and i've been wearing those you know all the time i really love the shape of the 70s i think they look amazing with big baggy pants as you can see here from this picture taken from stussy and i'm generally surprised why these shoes haven't sold out I'm generally surprised why people haven't decided to go crazy on these shoes because I feel like these with the pearls on the side look absolutely beautiful. But for some reason, if you go on the Stussy website, they're still available in all the flipping sizes. And a lot of me thinks it's because, you know, no one famous has basically worn them. And everyone is now so preoccupied with wearing Jordan 1s and flipping, you know, whatever. So, you know, panda dunks and shit. But no one can think for themselves and decide, you know what? Let me freak these bad boys because I think these are legitimately beautiful. Like, you got this nice, you know, canvas type material on the upper. The addition of this nice pearls on the side. And considering all the little TikTok, you know, fuckboys out there that love wearing pearls, you'd imagine they'd kind of be on these. And these are even more cool if you look at these, because essentially these have been like flipped inside out. These are like inside out, you know, Converse. You've got the Converse One Star logo on the inside, and you've got this pattern that's usually on the inside of the shoe on the outside you've got the stussy logo here underneath the flipping tongue loads of really nice cool little details the metal eyelets are also pretty cool i just love these i think they look really really cool i'm generally 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 surprised why these haven't flipping um sold out look look at the sizes all available and basically full size run with the exception of if you're under a size seven so it looks like the ladies might have liked them but no one else has and even the black and white ones i think are really cool also I'm a big fan of the black and white ones. You've got the other logo here um, with that kind of classic Stussy style logo on the side. Even the black and white ones are really well done. Um, yeah, but it's Converse 70 high. The shape is absolutely fantastic. You can't go wrong with the shape. Um, silhouette looks absolutely crazy. Materials actually look amazing. And you've got the same sort of like inside out design going on here also with the Converse one star on the inside. And you've got this kind of nice canvasy type material on the outside that's really really well done but these are awesome again why why aren't people hyping these up why aren't they jumping on them maybe i'm kind of hotting up the spot and making it kind of obvious and i should be jumping on them myself but i think these should be getting way more love than what they are especially for 100 pounds or 100 that's a fucking bargain in my opinion but for some reason people don't seem to think so and they're letting these sit and they're just here you know gathering dust but i think these are really nice definitely one of my favorite collaborations and i think the lookbook especially makes them look really desirable and stussy i think overall haven't missed when it comes to collabs and stuff but look look how cool they look on this girl here
They look so cool, those shoes. With the, with the little lace slip as well, made in black. Like, I feel they look pretty cool, especially with the lace flip. It's going to definitely look better with the black laces. But yeah, um, big up Stussy for always putting together some really cool collaborations and making them look really, 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 really nice. Oh yeah, people are saying in the chat, yeah, sleeping Buddha saying, is it because they're uncomfortable? I don't really find Converse is that uncomfortable, personally. I don't find them any more uncomfortable than Vans. I feel like Vans, you know, especially Eras or Authentics are just about as much as uncomfortable as any sort of Converse. Um, and plus as well, I feel like Converse, the more you wear them, the more your feet get used to that sort of feeling because I feel like nowadays, myself included, I wear a lot of like New Rock boots. I'm wearing Dr. Martin boots. I'm wearing Rico in boots. Like I'm always wearing boots, stuff with a thick sole. So the only time I wear stuff like that's mainly a thinner sole is when I wear like my gym shoes and shit, right? When I got my Metcons on. But even when I'm running, I've got Hoka on a, on a you know, massive, chunky, you know, maximalist shoes. So I feel like a lot of us have those shoes in our wardrobe. So it just takes a bit getting used to to put on like a plimp sole type of shoe or like a really thin type of shoe in terms of a converse but i feel like the converse 70s aren't that thin i feel like they have a really good silhouette that kind of the shape overall kind of sits really well and from my knowledge of having a couple of pairs i know that the sole isn't as thin on the 70s as it is on other um, converses like for instance this sole here even though it looks kind of low i'm pretty sure your actual foot sits around somewhere here which is just above the foxing line so it doesn't actually sit that low when you look at it. Actually, it's quite actually kind of a thick sole, but it's a bit deceptive because it's kind of encapsulated, so you don't really see it. But for sure, your foot basically sits around this line, which is just above the foxing line, so it's not as low to the ground as people would expect it. But yeah, I'm a fan of Converse's. I love them, um, especially the 70s. I think they look fucking beautiful, and I'll definitely be up for checking them out when they eventually do. When I eventually do get my hands on them. Talking about plumps, talking about ballet shoes, right? This is a bit of a risky one because I wonder how many people, especially guys out there, will be comfortable to rock a pair of these. These have just dropped, courtesy of Balenciaga. It's these. Have you seen these? Have you seen these? Balenciaga men's Leopold ballerina shoes. Yes, you heard that right. Balenciaga has put together their own version of a ballerina shoe for men and they're priced at $995. And they come in this lovely turquoise color. You've got this nice cream color and this nice black color. But I'm curious, what dude would be comfortable enough to wear these? Because I have a feeling these would these would end up looking quite swaggy. You put on you put on a pair of socks, you put on some really baggy jeans and a hoodie, and you kind of freak them in a non-conventional way. I think they look pretty decent. But the model picture here is really wild. This model picture is wild. Look, look at the model. The model's got is wearing the shortest the model's got like a six nine outfit on the six nine what we was at gym when you was getting the beats breaking off of him right they got the shortest of the shorts and you got this jacket that basically makes the shorts disappear and then you've got these ballet pumps on the bottom like that i don't think i'd wear but i definitely wear them with like some big baggy jeans some some flipping you know i'd go with them to be making really cringy i'd wear some weed socks right some weed socks all over them or like a bob's burger socks with those crazy patterns on it with bob's burger all over them and then some big baggy jeans and a big hoodie um you know and an angry scoldy face and you'd look pretty decent but this outfit is wild right super 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 wild i'll definitely be up for it imagine me in my massive legs imagine me and my serena williams thighs in these little short shorts 
with my fucking chachas out, right? And my flipping ashy ankle and ashy heels, wearing these, plod- like plodding the. Because I'm really annoyed, right? I get annoyed when I go to clubs and I wear all black and people think I'm a security guard. If I wore this and went to a club, no one's ever going to confuse me for a security guard ever, ever in life. So that might be the only option I have. Um, you know, take away my all black outfit and put on this nice cream number with a shortish of shorts and my bell and my ballerina pumps. I'm gonna look amazing. You know what I mean? I'm gonna look flipping incredible. But yeah, nine fifty for that is crazy, especially when you think what's a soul saying? Is that a vibram soul? It's definitely not a vibram soul. So you're not getting a reinforced soul you're not getting so you're not getting a reinforced soul. You're not getting anything that crazy. You're just getting some regular ballet pumps. Um, with a black, no, nothing else underneath them. You know what I mean? Just like a classic one, but you're not getting anything crazy going on there. Let's look at the materials choices here. This says on the listing it's satin ballerina round toe, top knot, worn out effect, toe on tone, on tone insole, uh, black sole made in Italy, wiped with a soft cloth. Let's see what the blacks look. They have, to have, they have a picture of a model wearing the black. Let's see if they've made them look nice. Everyone's saying nah is the hard pass. Honestly, this is what you have this is what being a real fashion fan is with a capital F. You have to put yourself out of your comfort zone. You gotta like think about these and how you'd freak them, how you'd make them work with an outfit, right? Maybe a pair of really skinny jeans and some no socks. But look at these. Let's see what the model picture looks like in the black. Have they got is in black? Oh, look at the black picture. Same with the short shorts. They look they look probably worse in black to be fair. Maybe if you did buy them, you have to buy them in um, that turquoise color or this cream. Maybe it's the only way to kind of make it work. But that black colorway looks really terrible, especially the model picture. And I kind of want to see them worn with baggy jeans. I think they look really nice with baggy jeans. Maybe it's just me, but I've got I've got hope for these. In a pair of baggy jeans, they look incredible. But yeah, just imagine my fat ass in these. I think they're going to look fucking incredible. But yeah, $925 for these is is pretty insane but also i'd imagine it's pretty impossible to find a pair of pumps if you do want to wear them as a guy that are to the specification because they look a little bit chunky they don't look as slim you know they kind of accommodate a guy's wider foot they've got a little bit of a you know bit of a thicker outsole in them so maybe they would last longer in terms of whatever but yeah i kind of like these i'm not gonna lie i kind of like these again maybe not for now but when I start losing the kg and whatnot, and I start getting my buccal fat removed from my face, I think I might have to kind of make it work, and I might have to kind of get on the pod and see her. You know what I mean? You might have to see me doing that thing when I come back, and kind of you know, I'm back over here making that flipping thing shake out here. You'll definitely, you'll definitely see me, and you'll definitely feel me when I come back with my buccal fat removed, and I'm down a few kg. You see me out here doing the thing with those on watch just you wait just you wait you definitely see me out here doing that i guarantee you definitely see me out here doing that um moving on from that what else we got here bish bash bosh oh we got to talk about these actually um i'm actually a fan of these and i think they've already come out so it's not that big of a deal and i think they're they're out available now on the nike sneakers app if you do want to check them out yourself but it's these these absolute bad boys right these nike Air max 86 big bubbles um these look absolutely beautiful if you know anything about these the history of them so essentially when the nike Air max first came out 
They recorded 86 or an 87, if I'm not mistaken, of the year that they made. And they initially had this really massive, big bubble on them. And um, over time, because the bubble is so big and whatever it may be, and they didn't really make them properly out of it. I forgot the bubble material. They pop and burst a lot. So people will be sending them back and the quality, they have loads of quality control issues. So over time, Nike got worried about these bursts. so they ended up kind of encapsulating the bubble more. So you didn't really have loads of it exposed. Even now, it still isn't that, you know, big of a bubble. They've just basically exposed more of it because this is this always exists in your Nike Air Maxes, but they just hide it by making the window smaller. But now they've kind of made it a little bit open, but in the actual og pairs of these from the 80s the bubble is super the hole is super big and the bubble kind of protrudes out a little bit but i still do like the shape of these i feel like for some reason um again congrats on nike because they don't do this often but i feel like they've reshaped and retoured the upper of these flipping air maxes i feel like before the air max one shape was really weird and kind of banana-y looking whereas i feel like now the shape of these is absolutely nearly i feel like perfect and kind of looks like what you would get if you went and got a vintage pair because i feel like nike kind of you know did wrong by a lot of air max fans from back in the day by retroing loads of really legendary air max like the air max light which i'll never forgive nike for fucking fucking up um but they do have some ones that hit out of the park like the flipping structure and then they fuck up another one at the nike air stab but i feel like they've done this really well so hopefully in the future we'll see them go back to the drawing board and kind of do right by the air max light and by the nike stab and actually make them you know to spec because i feel like these big bubble ones look sexy and look absolutely incredible and i can't wait to see these other colorways we've got this white and red colorway already now but imagine when they come out in a blue imagine when they come out with a green imagine when they come out with a black imagine when pata gets a hold of these Oof. There's so many possibilities on the horizon with these atmos if they end up doing collaboration with these big bubble air maxes it's going to be fantastic so loads of stuff on the horizon coming forward with these lovely mesh tongue look at that nice suede on the mud guard looks absolutely incredible these look really really flipping nice and they're still available now actually weirdly enough again to what people are being sheep no one's flipping jumping on these because everyone wants a flipping clint um so all the cortez the cortez flipping air max 95 but these are available right now still in i think a majority of a size run and they've even got this nice weathered um aged flipping outsole as well which i flipping like so um box which i think is also amazing i really do like these man yeah big up richie as we definitely need that story when you fight at the club in your balenciaga ballerina flats <laughs> like you did in your loafers limau yeah exactly we got richie yeah for sure you're definitely gonna get that story someone's definitely gonna try it with me when i get the balenciaga flat someone's gonna try it and think that i'm a guy that should be messed with and then i'm gonna have to get down and show them you know show them my flipping my elbow show them show them my tony ferguson elbows show them what that groupon muay thai classes taught me right i'm gonna have to show them what that Muay Thai group on shit told me. <laughs> oh, big up everyone that went to group on classes doing Muay Thai or self-defense for a couple of months and came out of it thinking that they were fucking Jackie Chan, myself included, thinking of fucking John Jones, right? Thinking of fucking, you know, George St. Pierre. That was me doing those fucking classes, teak kicks and what, you know, couldn't protecting yourself, checking kicks and shit. Crazy, but yeah um air max big bubbles look absolutely incredible love them they're out now 
Um, not really much more to say about them. They look fucking beautiful, look absolutely buttery and amazing. The shape is great. The ex exposed bubble is awesome. And I hope this means that going forward, we'll see more of this big, gigantic XXL bubble on more Air Maxes going forward because now they have the technology and the expertise and the experience to basically make sure these don't pop or burst anymore going forward. But I love these, I love these, I love these. Um, and I can't wait to see more of this makeup or this kind of done sometime in the future and the colorways that they have flipping going on. I really, really can't wait, man. I really, really can't wait, man. Honestly, can't wait. And then we've got another shoe here, which I want to feature quickly, which are these um, Fly Streetwear Dunk SBs, which again, I said before, I'm not the biggest fan of Dunks, but there's something about this kind of simple, simple, simple free color makeup that I kind of just love when it, people get it right. I'm always saying before on this podcast, I think if you get want to get Dunk right, you have to stick to free colors. And you've got here, you've got this nice navy blue, you've got this nice little gray, and you've got this nice whatever this is, like a sail off-white type of colorway, which works really well. And this nice little hit of the green on the hill tab kind of adds to it. But the material choices is what, for me, kind of goes well with it. You've got this Dunk, and this nice sort of mixture of a suede and, uh, and leather, that works really nice and you also got this nice little um rope laces rope looking type laces that also look pretty decent but i feel like these fly streetwear dunk low speeds are really good i feel like these are definitely going to be very popular a lot of people i feel like the colorway itself regardless of it being a collaboration i think a lot of people are going to be down with these i think these all are kind of a versatile shoe to wear i'm assuming there might be a couple of extra laces in them that might be able to kind of freak them a little bit more maybe a green pair of laces or whatnot but i do love this man i do flipping love these they look really really good um i like the shape of them overall and again for somebody like myself who isn't the biggest fan of dunks i think these look really 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 nice like amazingly amazingly good especially this little hit here at the back we got this little suede new buck heel tab with the little nike as well popped on there which looks really nice and of course a fly streetwear logo over there so for my chinese streetwear mandem right because fly streetwear is obviously a big brand over there definitely check those out when they're coming out and they even look look how good these look on feet with shorts with socks on and shit oof these look fire man i'm a big fan of these this is really really nice um i definitely would wear it again this is coming from someone like myself who's not the biggest dunk fan but i think these look absolutely incredible definitely good summer kicks definitely maybe good festival season kicks right if you want to go somewhere somewhere hot somewhere nice you know somewhere in florida somewhere in miami somewhere in uh ibiza mykonos you could put a pair of these on stunting down the street and whatnot yeah and yeah living your best life i love these these look really flipping awesome I absolutely love, love, love these. Yeah, I think that might actually be a shuttlecock, actually. Um, KU, I think that actually you're right. I think that actually might be a shuttlecock. It looks a little bit like it, doesn't it? I'm not too sure. Maybe it is. Um, but the Chinese are really good at that, aren't they? If I'm not mistaken, aren't they really good at it? Or am I, or am I being, uh, or am I being racist? I'm pretty sure they're really good at that sport. I remember a lot of guys in my school and college that we used to play with were flipping amazing at it. And look at this little um, staple design here at the back of the swoosh. That looks flipping beautiful. I love that. Oof, I love these. Me, 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 me. Me, I'm a fan. Me, I'm a fan. Me, I'm a fan. So many shoes out there. So many stuff to buy. And so little time. So, next on list here, we have the GOATs. 
the greatest, the greatest ever sneaker collaborators that ever existed. Do your Googles and Google Atmos and Nike and go on Google image search and you'll see a whole plethora of amazing collaborations that Atmos has done with Nike from back in the day that have been perfect and amazing. Now it looks like Atmos has decided to lend their expertise. Atmos, again, is a legendary um, Japanese sneaker store, basically, you know, that was um, instrumental in kind of pushing some of the exclusive Co.JP um, colorways of Nikes back in the day. Some legendary ones that I ended up having in my collection, especially the Air Maxes and some Hirachis and whatnot. But now they decided to lend their expertise on the probably the most popular sneaker model out there. Aside from Nike, I feel like this might be the po most popular model that people are wearing out there because I feel like I've seen more Solomons in the last flipping last few months than I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I've seen everybody wearing them and it's not even like regular hipsters i'm seeing people go into the gym wearing these fucking shoes which is absolutely crazy but atmos have decided to lend their expertise on the salomon xt6s um which everybody's kind of you know rabbit and going crazy over i can imagine they probably sold out in loads of shops but i pretty much like this colorway and this sort of makeup that they've kind of got on the xt6s they've kind of opted for this star type design on the upper but it's also done in this kind of nice blue, um, navy blue type of dark colorway on the upper as well, which looks pretty decent, um, which I kind of like. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit bored of the Salomon XC6s already, and they haven't been out that long. You know, it feels a little bit, it feels a little bit dead to me personally. I'm not really the biggest fan of these at all in the slightest. Um, the shoe it kind of feels like they've already been killed it kind of feels like to me like this is the this is that the this feels like the the hiking or the hipster version of a what do you call it of a panda dunk you know panda dunks have kind of got killed and and deaded because mad amounts of normies are out here wearing them and it feels like these are the same when it comes to these but i also feel like they're the most practical and useful shoes for someone like myself who lives in london right these are the ones that we should be wearing because they're, you know, water resistant, waterproof or whatnot. Um, you're not going to get your socks wet and shit. And it's just generally a good all-terrain shoe to wear in a flipping country like England where the weather is super sketchy. They're the perfect UK shoe. Think about it. I think so. The perfect, perfect, perfect UK shoe. But they've been so played out that I'm kind of over them, even if it is an Atmos collaboration. They kind of look a bit weird, you know? Um, but I do like these a little bit. Um, and I think they're going to be coming out very, very soon. Let's check the article courtesy of Hypebeast. It says, um, Atmos has officially announced a forthcoming Salomon XC6's Star Collide collaboration. The sneakers draw inspiration from the Celestial Collision, a moment when the Stardust is scattered in the universe. The kicks are dropping in the via Atmos Japan pop-up event on April 3rd. While the global launch in store and online will go down on April eighth, so they're coming out pretty quickly. Let's see. Um, let's see what it was that celestial collision. Let's see what that looks like. Let's see if that colorway is right. If that those blues and those blacks make any sense on what they're talking about here about the celestial collision. Let's see what I'll go on here because Atmos is pulling. That's some really far out there flipping reference, isn't it? But let's see what they're saying here. Is there a lot of blues and blacks in there? Okay, not you know maybe these are all artists' interpretations of what a celestial collision looks like. So we've got no idea. But judging by this first picture, you know 
maybe there is some kind of merit to what Atmos is doing here, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some merit here. It's an official image, allegedly from from NASA, showing a perfectly normal scenario where two planets collide, <laughs> and that's where the inspiration for these shoes came from. Allegedly, you can't really see it from that picture, really. If you think about it, you can't really see it, but maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe these are sparks fly type of shoes, but I don't know. I'm a bit bored of the model, but I really like the colorway. I like the speckled midsole here on the outside. I love the makeup of the blue and the navy and the dark colors and shit. It does look pretty cool, but again, it just feels like the XT6s are a bit played out. That's what it feels like. It feels like the shoe's already played out. It's already dead, and people should really be moving on from it. But again, maybe I'm I'm, I'm drinking too much Haterade, and I need people to kind of, you know, let people, leave people alone, let them enjoy themselves, and let them enjoy things overall going forward maybe 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 but again what do i know what do i know um moving on from that one what's people say what's they say mma not what papa has been accused of sa a video on unique's channel really is that true god damn okay i'll check it out in a minute but i didn't know that was true damn um, I try and keep away from the comedy stuff on the note on the Agassino Zinger show, but you know, I might have to jump on that if that's actually a true thing. Let me just double check my phone and see if that's right. That's crazy if true. I'm assuming this is just what? An accusation from one of BGL's um what you call it, BGL's baddies. Is that what they're saying? Let's see this. Baba has been accused of SA video on Unique CHL. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brendan, man. No way. This is true. Oh, God almighty. This guy, man. What are you doing, B? Let's see. This is true. Let's quickly double check this. Um, thank you for the super chat, MMA Nut. And thank you for the heads up. I do appreciate this. But let's see. This is true. And then we'll get back to the street where stuff. Hopefully, this is just some nonsense that BGO is spouting from people and whatnot. But let's see. This is true. God almighty, mate. This is absolutely crazy. Oh, hold on. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see what Unix is saying. Bear with me. Multiple, you're saying multiple women? No way. Fucking now, man. Oh. The thing is, I feel like Brian Callan survived the rapes allegation because there's Brian Callan. No one really cares about it. But I feel like Brendan, with the amount of people that already don't like the guy, can he really survive SA allegations? Obviously, with the fighting the kid, it doesn't really matter with the club, you know, it's just your own platform, but I don't know if this is... Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Anyway, let's just let's just check here. Let's see what the, let's see what the eunuch is saying. But damn, man, this is horrible if this is true. Come on, dude, man. I, I was listening to a little bit of Avengers Assist. They were covering a little bit of the Brendan Schaub stuff. And it did make a good point about, you know, being at that age and being unable to keep your dick in your pants. I don't know if that's like a true thing. Because again, you know, being the black dude, I know a lot of people in my family, especially older dudes who just never keep their dick in their pants. And, you know, some guys who've, you know, essentially gone through a few marriages because they always get, you know, their head turned by some hottie or some baddie walking by. They can never kind of keep it chill. So I know some guys just always have that on switch and they can never turn it down. But surely 
with these guys with the amount of accusations around their friends and their colleagues and just the scrutiny they're under you'd imagine they'd be a little bit more careful but maybe not anyway this is the let's go on unique and see what he's saying here he's got the video brendan Schub accused by multiple women of essay oh no man oh no damn son if this is true this sounds like a bgl sort of allegation let's see i got a feeling bgl is involved in this in some regard let's see if bgl is involved damn it brendan what are you doing papa and then they came for brendan schaub so everyone in schaub's crew has been accused of crimes by lots of women and i always wondered you know it's kind of odd that you know delia and callan but no one ever accused Shab. Well, it seems now that has changed. So I'm going to read this to you and then explain what happened here. So this blind items revealed. This A-list comedian slash accused joke so, so, so hold on. This blind items thing, what is this? Is this like a... This website is like a... Um, what's that site? This is like that um, docs... What's that? Mew, Mew docs... What's that site that people send in sites? They send in like um, anonymous tips on their C celebrities. What's that thing called again? Dukes, Dukes de Moir, Dukes de Moir, de Moir Dukes, or something like that. Is that what this blind item is? We can't really take this as kind of real if it's just a, somebody sending in some random message, isn't it? This sounds, I don't know. And. And this is why Unique's got this is why Unique's got sued, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You need to be careful because this is this is just some random person sending in some random nonsense. Like this could be anything. This could be completely made up. Uh, I don't know if this is actually legit, but anyway, let's continue. Dealer, I don't know about the A-list comedian thing, but the accused joke stealer thing I'll go with has a new wave of accusations from multiple women who say he assaulted them. He just laughs it off like it's no big deal. And that person is Brendan Schaub. So what this site is, this is the site that um, said multiple women have accused Harvey Weinstein of this. And then Harvey Weinstein got outed. This stinks of BGL. This stinks of BGL. That guy is a legitimate psychopath. Legit. And he clearly hates Brendan to his core. Like he despises Brendan Schaub. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is him going out on a real Hail Mary kamikaze type. If I go down, everybody goes down type of thing. This sounds a little bit. Yeah, this sounds like this sounds like something BGL would do. They also got Cosby. They got Kevin Spacey. This a specific site. So when they say he laughs it off, meaning women have come forward, they have gone to people to tell them Brendan Schaub has assaulted them, and those people are compiling all their stories, and a call has been made to Brendan Schaub to get his side of the story, and as this blind item says, he just laughed it off. 
probably saying, of course, it's not true. It's not a big deal. This post didn't say that, though. Why is Unique adding stuff? This post doesn't say they called him. This post doesn't say he laughed. Like, this post doesn't say that. This post says an A-list comedian. Brennan is an A-list, number one. He's not He's not A-list. He may be a joke stealer, but he's definitely not an A-list comedian. No one would say that. Maybe A-list podcaster, you could describe it that, but not A-list comedian. Has a new wave. Brennan never had a first wave. So this new wave thing sounds weird. It could be Crystalia, really. This could this could be someone trolling and signing it off as Brendan Shaw to troll, but it could be about Crystalia because Crystalia has turned into a bit of a heel and he's kind of embracing the idea that people don't like him and that people think he's a diddler. He seems not to care and seems to be leaning into it and using it as kind of you know motivation to keep him kind of pushing or whatnot. So this sounds like it could be easily somebody that's already been accused because Brendan hasn't been accused ever. And he's on A-list. So it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I've also women who said sexual assaulted them. He just laughs it off like it's no big deal. Yeah, this doesn't seem like it's Brendan. It seems like it's somebody else personally. But again, I could be wrong. But, you know, Shab loves the addies and the baddies. And um, so, I mean, now, does that make any of this true? No, it doesn't make any of this true. But... I had a feeling this was going to happen regardless. Like I said, even if true or not, I just had a feeling that, you know, Callan's accused, Dalia's accused. They run in the same circles. Obviously, he's going to get accused. No, I don't believe that. Am I the only person that doesn't think Brennan's a sexual abuser? Have you seen how bad his games are? How bad his game is on text message? He can't even get girls to reply back to DMs. I don't think he's an SA at all, personally for me. I think that's a bit of a reach. He might be a cheat. He might be a, a, you know, a liar, a manipulator, whatever it may be, but I don't think he abuses people. Or in that, in the way that Delia is alleged to have done it, or even in the way that Brent, uh, Brian Cairns alleged to have done it, I don't think he has the ability to do that in him, to be honest. Um, again, and he's just, you know, not, doesn't have the game or the charm to seduce women in any way, shape or form. So I think this is a big stretch. I don't think Brennan's an essay at all. He's a lot of things, but I'd, I wouldn't put essay on Brennan's jacket, personally. And it seems like that is what is happening. So I would say probably within the next month and a half, you're probably going to see an article, most likely the LA Times, in which a reporter comes forward and says multiple women, probably two or three women, have accused Brendan Job of doing something. And then their stories will be listed in that article. The women will be anonymous because the only person who wasn't anonymous was Callan's accuser. But that was from back in the day, and now he ended up suing them, then dropping the lawsuit. They started to go fund me, whole crazy thing. But uh, yeah, so Shab joins the list of the accused. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Do you think <laughs> Unique is so happy to be reporting this? Unique is absolutely going giddy over this. He hates Unique. Probably hates Brendan just as much as BGO does. It sounds like he really wants this to be true. He really wants this to be true. He is hoping that Brendan is what the people are saying it was. He really flipping wants this to be true. But I think this is a bit of a reach, personally, for me. I think this is a huge, huge reach. I don't think it's true in the slightest. Um, Brendan's a lot of things. 
but I don't think he's a he's a sexual abuser in any way, type of form. And I think people are making conclusions over again, like two lines on some anonymous website. That could be anybody, but it smells. It smells like BGL. It smells like Head and Shoulders. It smells like Mufasa conditioning. It smells like all of that shit. It smells like whatever, put you know, kind of. Um, whatever sort of vapor comes out of your skin when you're using too many roids and shit it smells like bgl to me personally um and also it'd be something that he would definitely do because he clearly hates flipping brendan but i feel like you know unique is taking this and running and making some weird conclusions and considering he got sued and shit for doing sim you know for making fun of the guy he has to be careful man you just gotta be careful because um this could blow back in his face so you just need to relax but um, I don't know. I feel like this is a bit of a reach. I don't think none of it, what they're saying is true or makes really any sense personally. But again, I could be wrong. And we just to play it out and see how it kind of rolls as it develops and as the story kind of continues, you know, in a new cycle. According to some of these guys, they say it's going to be flipping all over the place. LA Times, which I think is a bit of a stretch again. Um, if the LA Times couldn't take down Chris D'Elia or Brian Callen, who I think have a bigger profile than Brendan, I don't think he's going to be in any trouble, to be fair. So maybe I'm in a minority here, but hey, we continue. Then, of course, I wanted to touch upon these because I've been mentioning before. There's a heinous and disgusting shoe that's now on the flipping market that I feel like should be burned or thrown into the middle of a freeway or thrown under the bottom of the ocean look at these absolute monstrosities right look it never ends nike know how to if one thing nike know what to do is to bleed and to rinse and to flip and destroy any legacy or any kind of hyper trainer has to death like they know how to do it and this is another good example of it look what they've done to the panda they've turned it into a dunk mid the worst dunk ever if you're gonna wear dunk you wear low or high you don't ever wear mid. Same with Jordan 1s, actually. No one should wear Jordan 1 lows. They're horrible. But since Travis Scott made a few good ones, everyone's jumping on them. But, you know, Jordan 1 lows look cheap and horrible. Look like people run out of money to buy the highs. They just bought the lows. I fucking hate them. I think they just look awful, personally. Same goes for this mid-dunk thing. It's just disgusting. Considering all the... Yeah, yeah. And then considering, again, how much this shoe has kind of been blasted and rinsed all over the place to do this, it's just too much, personally. It feels like to put this kind of shoe that everyone kind of beloves and, you know, it's kind of wearing again to stick this on a flipping dunk mid. No, thank you. I flipping hate these. I really do. I'm not a fan of these in the slightest. I feel they look absolutely horrendous. And yeah, not a fan. No way, shape or form. Me no one, neither. I don't want any of this at all. These panda dunk is like, I wonder what it is about this makeup that people just love them. Maybe it's the black and white nature of it. I don't really know, but there's something about this shoe model that just seems to captivate normies out there for some reason. But it looks slowly horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. No families in the slightest, but again, they're due to probably coming out very soon. Let's see what the update is. Uh, get ready as Nike Dunk Mid hits the shelves on April 11th via Nike and selected retailers at a price of $115. For more information, the canvas sneaker ahead of its launch. Dive deep in the lips for coverage here. Okay, cool. Coverage of it there. It's a denim dunk. It's not suede, my bad. But yeah, pretty de pretty decent, pretty crap. Not really for me in the slightest. And um, yeah, I would legitimately burn them. I hate flipping Solomon's. So they've got to be honest, man. Everyone's catting it. Everyone's wearing them. It's just too much. It really is just a little bit too much. But hey, what do we know? What do we know? So 
That is your PDX and Ziggy Show episode number 659, actually. That has been the show. Hope you have enjoyed the show so far and you loved every minute of it because I have. This has been the X and Ziggy Show episode number 659. If you like what you see, please smash the like down below. If you want to come back and join me, of course, please make sure that you subscribe and you can join me for another episode of the show. Of course, you can. And, and. If you want more information regarding myself, you can click the link down below in the description and see all the stuff that I've been up to and whatnot down below. That would be also greatly appreciated. But regardless about that, hope you have enjoyed the show so far. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure and a chore. And I will see all of you guys again very, 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 very soon. I hope, I hope, I hope I will see you again very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Be safe and stuff. And I'll see you again soon. Peace. Big up Richie. Big up everybody. Big up everybody hanging in this group in the chat as well. I appreciate all of you. Um, and I'll see you guys again very, very soon. Bye.